the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hi, and welcome to the show. This is Joyce Bender, your host today for Disability Matters. And before we begin, I want to say one more time a special thank you to all of my great listeners out there. I know there are those of you that have been so loyal over the past three and a half years. You are helping me make a difference in the lives of Americans with disabilities, and I appreciate it. I mean it. Thank you so much. Well, today we have a great friend of mine and of all of yours on our show, and that would be Mr. John Macko, who is the Interim Director at the National Technical Institute for the Deaf Center on Employment, known to all of us as NTID at Rochester Institute of Technology. And why I say a friend to all of you is that John has been, since I've known him, fighting the fight for employment for people from the deaf community and involved in other disability events across the country, and he is just the most genuine person. We love also NTID. The school has been spectacular in referring students that we've hired at Bender Consulting Services, and to be honest with you, we have spectacular, really great success from the people that have been referred. So... Without further ado, it's my honor to introduce you to Mr. John Macko. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. It's nice to be on the show with you. Well, it's wonderful to have you. Um, John, for our listeners throughout the world listening to the show, maybe you could first begin by telling them how you first became involved with the National Technical Institute for the Deaf Center on Employment at Rochester Institute. Okay, George. Um, first of all, let me explain that that the Rochester Institute of Technology has a total of eight colleges, and the National Technical Institute for the Deaf is one of the eight colleges. For example, we have the College of Business, the College of Science, the College of Engineering, and the College of Liberal Arts, and so on. And when I was a senior in high school, I had a speech uh, therapist because I have a hearing loss. So my speech therapist recommended me, why don't you go to RIT? And I'm like, why? And she said, because we have one of the best schools in the country for the deaf and hard of hearing students. And I never heard of RIT, to be honest with you, because I want to go to a local university or college near my hometown. So anyway, my speech therapist uh, arranged a field trip to go to RIT for one day. When I came here, I was blown away. I have never met so many deaf and hard of hearing people on the campus. You have to understand we have a total of 15,000 students. Out of the 15,000 students, we have 1,200 deaf and hard of hearing students, and they come from all over the USA. And where I went to high school, I was the only individual with a hearing loss, and I thought I was the only individual with a hearing loss in the world. Until I came to RIT, I was blown away. I met the faculty, I met the staff, I met the administrators. I was so impressed. And I told my parents, this is where I want to go to school. So I ended up receiving my BS degree in finance from the College of Business, one of the eight colleges. 
And what's special about NTID, the faculty and staff, they know sign language. But the other seven colleges, the faculty and staff do not know sign language, but um, they have an outstanding support team services where they provide tutor, note taker, and interpreter. And this is how I survive in college, through the college of business. Then after I graduated, I moved to New Jersey and I worked for the financial asset management company for three years. And then I went back to IIT to get my graduate degree while I was here. People heard I was here and said, why don't you apply for an 18-month contract with the NTID Center on Employment? And I said, okay. So I applied for it. I got the job. So my original plan was to honor my contract and finish my, my degree and go back to New Jersey and work for the financial for the HR department. Well, guess what? After, after working for 18 months, I had a change of heart. By working with the students, the administrator, the faculty, and staff, I decided I'm going to stay here, and I've been here ever since. Well, isn't that lucky for them? And lucky for all of us that you made that wise decision because as far as I'm concerned, John, you are, at least since I've been working with you, I believe you are part of the success of the whole organization. So that, I'm glad, I'm glad you made that decision. Thank you. Me too. Now, NTID, when was the school founded and what was its original mission and its mission yet today? Okay, um, NTID was created by the Act of Congress in 1965 and opened to the student in 1968. Imagine in 1968 we had a total of 70 students, definitely high parents students, 70. And today, 39 years later, we have almost 1,200 deaf high students. So we have come a long way from 1968 to, to today. And now, I'm glad you asked me what the mission, because whenever I invite employers to come to RIT, especially NTID, there is a plaque on the first floor of the building. I, that's the first thing I always show them. And I'm going to read what it says. Um, on June 8, 1965, Linda Bain Johnson, who was the 36th president of the USA, signed into the law a bill drafted by the congressman that created the National Technical Institute for the Deaf. He said, this institution will help meet the needs of hundreds of deaf young people, both students and adults, who want to be and can be trained for various technical operations and placed in various careers. That was written in 1965. And that quote, I love that quote because that's the first thing I show to employers who have never worked with deaf and hearing students. And that quote still still true to this day. That is awesome. That that is really awesome, John. And, and that is so true, and it is so profound, isn't it? Yes. Well, and just to let you know, if not for LBJ and the Congress people, I wouldn't be here. Right. That's right. Well, let me just mention um, that. We received so many emails prior to a show, and, you know, we can't read all of them. So we try to choose as many as we can. But I just want to thank all of our listeners for getting in touch with me and, you know, sending these emails. Uh, John, we have a question for you here from a Linda in Wisconsin. 
Um, and the question is, would you mind telling me, in your opinion, how hard is it for a person who is deaf once they've left the school, which they are surrounded by other people who are deaf, and now suddenly have to go back into the hearing world? That's from Linda. That's the question. That's a very good question. I think it all depends on who they're surrounded with. Like, if you're still, like, for example, here at IIT or NTID, we have outstanding administrators and faculty and staff. We do, we, the goal is we want our students to be independent. And one of the best ways for our students to be independent is to get some work experience. And where do you find the jobs? Out in what I call the hearing society. That's where the jobs are. Believe it or not, Joyce, when our students go on a co-op, when I say co-op, it also is another word for internship. They are required to go on a co-op, depending on the major, anywhere from 10 weeks to up to 52 weeks. Anyway, um, when our students are gone for at least 10 weeks, when they come back, they become a better individual. They become a better student. They become more motivated. They understand what they need to be successful in the, what I call the healing world. Is, that, is, that is what your experience has been? That's interesting. Funny you should say who they've surrounded themselves with because I have a saying. I always say, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. But the same thing applies whether it's if family, friends, academia, no matter where you are, it will have an impact on your success. There is no doubt about that. So, John, at your school, are these only people who are deaf that attend? What about hard of hearing or hearing students? That's a great question, Joyce. Um, just to let you know, NTID accepts students who have a significant hearing loss. In other words, they could be deaf or they could be hard of hearing. We do have um, we do have hearing students going to NTID where they're receiving a master's degree in Second, uh, master in secondary school in education where they're trained to become teacher of the deaf individual, either in elementary or secondary school. Mm-hmm. We also have hearing students in the interpreter training program. So we do have hearing students go to our school. And um, just to let you know that we have about, since we have about 1,200 deaf high hearing students go to school here, about 40% of our students are pursuing an associate degree. The rest of the students are pursuing a BS or a master's degree in, um, in engineering, science, computer, visual arts, and liberal arts, and I believe, I believe that's it. So I just want to give you an idea what kind of program we offer, to d- degree level, and what kind of student we have at our school. Oh, that's good. That's good information from ev- for everyone. And if you are interested in finding more out as you listen to the show about NTID, John, how would they find out more about the school? What is the website? Okay. It's www.rit.edu slash NTID. And if a parent is listening to the show right now, John, and they're thinking that they'd like their child to get in touch with someone, would they just contact that website and then ask to meet with you, or what is the process? 
Um, the password you want to follow is follow the website, and when you open it, you're going to see IIT NGID. On the left column, you'll see a menu say admission. Click on the admission department, and there's a contact information, and that's who you want to contact the admission department. They are wonderful people to work with. They are very knowledgeable. They'll be happy to answer any question you have. In fact, if you are interested to learn more, to see NGID, we can arrange you. Um, you come to here. You meet with the faculty. And you meet with the student. You meet with all kinds. You, you you'll get to see a lot of things. And, and you know what? I would really encourage you to go to the school. I have been to the school. It is so impressive. And to meet with John and other people there, I guarantee you, once you go, you will see how welcoming the people are, and you will be so interested in attending the school. I know I was impressed from when I went up there. But right now, we're going to go to break for a minute. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com with our guest today, Mr. John Macko, Interim Director for NTID, Champion of Hope for People from the Deaf Community. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this break. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes... Then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. 
To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We're talking to John Macko, the Interim Director for the National Institute for the Deaf Center on Employment, a college division of Rochester Institute of Technology, and a phenomenal school program where, once again, I can be a testimony that Bender Consulting Services has partnered with this school for years, very successfully employed many students who have gone on to be very successful, and I would really endorse this school and ask you to take a look at it when you're thinking of your staffing and recruitment for this year. Speaking of employment, John, we know that overall in the United States the unemployment rate is like 4 to 5%. Well, my question is, would you share with our listeners what the employment rate is today for college students from the deaf community? That's a very good question, Joyce. The only thing I can give you is how successful our student, meaning from the deaf and high definition student from RIT and GID. But before I, I give you the employment rate, I want to explain that our students are successful because they are independent. You need to understand that the admission department, they work extremely hard to recruit the best and the brightest deaf and high-definition students to attend RIT and GID. The faculty members here, they are so dedicated that they provide all kinds of resources for our students to be successful. We have my staff, NGID Center on Employment. They also work very hard to educate and train our students to find jobs. They also work very hard to develop relationship with employers. You, from our experience, our biggest job is to make the company feel comfortable with the idea of working with deaf and high dependent students. The administrator, they are so supportive. They want, they're always asking, do you have all the right resources for our student to be successful? And our student work very hard to receive an education from RIT. Now, since we have all kinds of experience and knowledge that we can share with our students, I am proud to tell you that our employment rate from last year was 95%. Wow, that is phenomenal. 
That is absolutely phenomenal. And these students have remained employed? Yes, they have. Now, you know why I'm thinking that's unbelievable. When the unemployment rate overall for Americans with significant disabilities is 60%. So I would have to say that, you know, for you to be this successful, that is what you mean, right, that you place 95%? Yeah, 95% of our students have found employment. That, that is unbelievable. Yes, it is. And, and the question is, you know, why is that when the rest of the world where you meet people who are deaf have such a hard time finding employment? Well, number one, like I was saying, that we work together as a team, especially the NJD admission department. They work hard to recruit the best and the brightest students all over the United States, and that's what we're looking for. And we have great faculty, administrator, and staff all working together to make sure our students are successful. Now, it doesn't mean that they're set for the rest of their life. There are challenges for our students when they find employment. For example, the biggest challenge is dealing with attitude. Let's face it, um, a lot of people that I meet with all the United States, they're they're hesitant about working with deaf or hard of hearing students. Well, they're hesitant about giving them an opportunity to work. And it's our job to make them feel comfortable that our students can do it. Our students are very brilliant. They're, they're great programmers. They're, um, they could become bankers. They could become engineers. They can become an artist. They could become a scientist. Our students have the skill to be successful. But the challenge is to find the right people to give our students an opportunity. And they have, and they have done so well. You know, that's like at our company. How, why do we have a high success rate for our employees, and yet employees have such a hard time gaining employment with disabilities? Once again, it's really, where were you educated? Who are you aligned with? Who are you partnered with? Because overall, it really is, you know, a difficult initiative. Uh, one of the questions we have here for you is from a Tony in Mississippi saying, uh, John, what would be your recommendation to someone, adult, who is deaf, who never went to college, graduated from high school, has not been able to get any employment anywhere? Would you suggest that person try, if possible, to go back to school? And my question is, do you know if the state would pay for that? That's a good question. Um, yes, I would definitely encourage this definite individual to go back to school because without an education, it's very hard to compete and find jobs, especially in the United States. And yes, I would recommend this this individual in the state you say Mississippi, Mississippi, to contact the vocational rehabilitation department. Each state has a vocational rehabilitation department, and my suggestion have this this individual to contact and set up an appointment and explain that I will I I am I'm investigating and I want to go back to school. What do I need to do? And that's a good place for them to for he or she to start. Yeah, and I would have to agree with you because today, you know, without a college, it's hard enough. It's hard enough. 
to find employment when you're a person who is deaf or blind or whatever the disability. You need any edge that you can get, and one of those edges is absolutely employment. Um, John, in your opinion, what are some of the biggest obstacles students who are deaf face when they try to gain employment, not not just from NTID, from anywhere? Um, the one I can think of right now is their HR representatives and hiring managers. They're not educated on how to communicate effectively with deaf and hard of hearing individuals. And also, based on my experience, it is a challenge for the HR representative to convince the hiring manager to give the deaf or hard of hearing individual an opportunity to see in the workplace. Um, that's one example. Another example is there's not enough deaf role models in the, what I call the business world. For example, if, if you can imagine, Joyce, if you, if you are, say, eight or nine years old, and you're the only deaf person in the family, they don't know anything about deaf cultures, they don't know sign language, but you know you're different because you know you can't hear, you have a hard time communicating with your family members and friends. But if you don't have deaf role models, you don't, you're not even sure if you could be successful, and your family members not even sure you could be successful. Because there are some family members who say, suppose you say, Joyce, I want to become an engineer. I wouldn't be surprised if some of your family members say, you'll never become an engineer because there's no such thing as a deaf engineer. I never met a deaf engineer. Well, guess what, Joyce? There are deaf engineers in the United States, but there's not enough. We need more role models in, in the business world. Um, those are the two I can think of. The hiring manager and the HR, they're not educated about communicating with deaf people and not enough role, mo role models in the workplace. Yes, and you know, uh, John, one question that I have for you, I'll, I'm sure that you probably hear this when you're talking to HR people frequently, but what do you do when people in human resources say to you, John, I can't bring this person aboard because we can't afford sign language interpreters? <laughs> this is only the first time and the last time but I tell them there's other ways you can communicate with the deaf individual. You can communicate by IM. You can communicate by email. You can communicate by TTY. You can communicate by video phone. You can communicate by writing back and forth. There's other strategies that you can communicate. And also, we have an award-winning workshop called Working Together, Deaf and Hearing People. It's a half-day workshop to give to participants to experience what it may feel like to be deaf. For example, we can do the listening exercise. You will experience a certain kind of hearing loss where you're going to listen to swell, standardized interview question. And certain sounds going to be filtered out as you listen to each question. Because I love doing that exercise because based on my experience interacting with hearing people, if you can't see, they would say, get yourself a pair of glasses. Well, if you can't hear, they would say, get yourself a hearing aid or get a cochlear implant. It doesn't work the same way. 
And another exercise we do is called a speech reading exercise. A lot of hearing people think that deaf people are great speech readers. Well, we do the speech reading exercise. It's a videotape where you see four scenes, and the narrator is going to guide you through the scene. At one, time, at one point, the narrator's voice is being turned off. Now, you have to guess what he or she said on the, on the video. It's an eye-opener. People are blown away. They always assume that the deaf people are great speech readers. But anyway, the, the point is we teach them communication strategy. We don't teach them sign language. We give, we teach, we give them strategy how to communicate effectively with deaf individuals. Well, you know what, also, I just want to say this for a minute. When you use a sign language interpreter at work, you know, I always tell companies you're going to need the interpreter if there's a large meeting or a group meeting or a one-on-one like the review, you know, the annual review or something of that nature. But, I mean, you're not going to use an interpreter every minute of the day, throughout the day. Um, is that correct, John? That is correct. And most all the people I have employed who are deaf the companies do provide sign language interpreters when they are needed. They do. And we as a company, you know, are big supporters of sign language interpreters. As a matter of fact, if I go to a meeting, I don't care if there's one deaf person in the room, I don't care. I want a sign language interpreter because it reinforces that everyone should be included. But, you know, in my opinion, I think they have the cost out of line here in in comparison to having a great employee who would do a great job for a long time period. And I really think that that would be a good idea, you know, providing some type of education classes, as you mentioned, John, for all these corporations. Now, you're, do you do that for corporate HR? Do you have classes you could provide at NTID? Or do you just go to conferences and present there, or how do you handle that? Um, it's a combination of everything you say. Um, I just want to point out that it is important that we educate the employers about the interpreting services. You're right, Joyce. A lot of interpreters, a lot of employers are so surprised when they see that how, much, how expensive they can be. But I tell them, like you said, it's not... It's not every day from 9 to 5. It's for the meetings. It's for the training. It's for a one-on-one meeting with the supervisor. That's the only time they're going to need interpreters. So the key is to educate them. That's right. I agree 100%. And it is all about education. You know, education and including all people. We'll be right back. We're going to break. We've been talking. If you just tuned in, our guest today is Mr. John Macko, Interim Director at NTID. This is Joyce Bender, the voice of Disability Matters on VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives. 
but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. We're talking to John Macko from NTID. And I want to go back for one moment. What we were talking about before break is what do you do if a company or a business brings up, well, they can't afford, you know, the cost of interpreters. And, you know, I, I just want to say this. I realize we all need educated. But, you know, when you even say that, you've got the wrong spirit. I have to be honest with you. And it really isn't a sound business comment either because you don't need the interpreter from 8 to 5. You need the interpreter for special meetings. But the return on investment from the productivity of the person far outweighs what you're providing. And, you know, just as I lost 60% of my hearing in one ear when I had an accident several years ago as a result of a seizure because you all know I have epilepsy and I broke all the bones in my inner ear. Always remember, someday, you too can join this group at any time in your life and then you will realize how ludicrous even that statement is to make to someone. John, with that, what I wanted you to talk about for a minute is you mentioned briefly about video conferencing. Would you mind going over that with our listeners so any businesses listening can find out about that? Well, there are several vendors that they can use. Well, are you talking about video phone or video conferencing? I'm sorry, video phone. Okay, video phone. Some of the the well-known vendors that they can do business with are Sprint, Sourcing, those are the two top um, vendors I can think of that many of the deaf individuals in the USA are using. It's an outstanding tool for our, for the deaf individuals to communicate with the hearing people. And what it is, um, it's hooked up to, you got to have a high-speed Internet connection. And if you contact, like, source and they can arrange you what equipment you need to buy for the video phone, and they'll be happy to do business with you. So I believe if you go to um, www.sorenson.com, or you can go to www.sprint, 
sprint.com. Um, they have the content information, and both companies will be more than happy to do business with you and educate you how to use the video phone, what equipment you need to buy, how much it costs, and so on. And, John, only because some people may have never heard of this before, can you explain to them what the video phone is, how that works? Okay, what it is, um, imagine you're in front of a c- computer monitor. I have a, 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 like a camera, like a video camera. And I'm going to connect to um, to a, a relay operator. If I want to order pizza, for example, I'm going to connect to a relay operator. And the relay operator is going to connect to the, the pizzerina place. Now, I'm going to be signing. The relay operator, we can see each other. The relay operator is going to be watching me, and she's going to interpret for me. Now, the relay operator has a headset talking to the, to the owner of the pizza place. And the operator is going to be voicing what I'm ordering. Like, I want a large cheese pepperoni pizza. That's what the relay operator is going to say. And the gentleman is going to take the order, and that's... It's a it's a three way conversation, and that's the best example I can give you. Well, that's a very good example. And um, do you want to tell them what the cost is for all this? Um, I don't I don't know off of my head how much it costs. To be honest with you, Joyce. I mean, isn't this one part of this service free to get installed? I I don't know, Joyce. To I be think honest it with. Is. I think the part of it is. So if you're listening and you're thinking it's a huge cost, it isn't. At least up to this point, it has not been. Now, hear me now. Things change. You, you know what I mean? Because this technology is really new. But you really need to check into it because, once again, John, even writing on a piece of paper, as you mentioned, email, instant messenger, there are so many ways to converse with people who are deaf versus not talking at all. Which brings me to my next question from Mary in Philadelphia, and it is this. John, what recommendation do you have for me if once you do gain employment and you are the only deaf person working somewhere, what do you do to get people from the hearing community to want to take time to understand you? As you well know, if all you know is sign language, you have to either write notes or talk over and over, and sometimes people just don't want to be bothered. What suggestion do you have? That's a great question. Um, first of all, when you are new in the organization, especially if you are the only deaf individual, the first thing you want to do is to establish a good relationship with your boss. And also, ask your boss if he, can, he or she can assign a mentor. Having a mentor um, can make a huge difference in your career because the mentor can tell you um, what, how, can explain the corporate culture. Because that's the key word, corporate culture. It's very important for the deaf individual to be, to be aware of the culture in the corporation. That's one thing you can do. And once you establish a good relationship with the mentor, you can ask the mentor if he can help you to um, educate other hearing individuals about 
the deaf culture, learning sign language. For example, I always educate my students that, you know, the day you graduate from college, it's your responsibility to educate the hearing individual how to communicate. And one strategy I always tell my students, offer sign language course during lunchtime once a week, maybe every Wednesday. Invite open to the people at your company to come to your lunch once a week on Wednesday and teach them basic sign language. And you'd be surprised, a lot of people would be eager, would be motivated to take the class. But you, the deaf individual have to make the make it happen because there are some deaf students think that it's not their responsibility, it's the hearing people's responsibility. And they said, you know what, if you want to be successful, this is what you need to do to be successful. You need to reach out. You need to educate them. And that's that's what I always tell my students. That's what you tell them to do to get people. That, that, that is really great ideas. Um, are these some of the keys you go over with your students for success in the workplace, John? Yes. Those are some strategies that I share with my students. Yes. Yeah, and what, what, would, what would you say in the workplace are some of the what have you seen in the past that students do or adhere to that seems to make them the most successful? I always tell my students, you need to have three skills. You need to have strong, soft skills, meaning you need to be a team player, you need to have a good attitude, you need to um, be a self-starter, okay? You also need to have good, good communication skills. You need to be able to read and write well. And I also tell my students, you need to have great technical skill. If you have all of those three, you are going to be successful, regardless of your major. And that's why I always tell my students. Now, especially when they're in college, if there are some areas they need to work on, for example, they want to improve their writing skill, I tell my students, take more writing courses. Start reading more books. If they want to improve their building skill, join a local, join a, a computer club or an engineering club, join a bicycle club so you can build up your team building skill. If you want to, um, to, um, to enhance your technical skill, take an additional course to, to become good at what you're doing. If you have those three, you will be successful. Oh, and I agree with you. You know, it, I mean, I, I really do, and I think they are all equally important. It cannot just be one without the other. Exactly. Yes, it has to be all of them. John, how about when um, when students are asked to relocate? Do you encourage them to do this or or not? I definitely encourage my student to relocate because... There are certain parts of the country, the economy can be slow or what have you. I encourage them to go where the jobs are and go where companies are willing to give you an opportunity to grow because you don't want to work for a company that's not going to value your deafness or your disabilities. You want to work for a company who's going to appreciate who you are, and that's what I always tell my students. Yeah. You know, and I really appreciate that you do that because, listen to me, you know, I get a, try to get across the high school students with disabilities and everyone with disabilities. What John just said, 
if there is a company that values you, is open to your deafness, where the sky's the limit for your career, don't rule them out, even if they're in another city. You're just starting in your career now. You want to invest in your career, not have to go through stumbling through your career because you're having to put up with people who are ignorant. Be open. Be open to relocating. At first, I know it seems nerve-wracking to some people, but really, I have so many people now that have relocated, some of them being, of course, students right from NTID, and they are just so happy now that they did it. And with that, we're going to go to break, and then we'll come back to close the show. If you just joined in, make sure if you know anyone who is deaf or a deaf student or parent of a deaf student, tell them about this show because you know it will be back on our website at BenderConsult.com and at VoiceAmerica.com. Within a few days, the transcript will be there for you to read. Make sure you tell everyone about it so they can hear what John's had to say. And we'll be right back with John in a few minutes. You're listening to Joyce Bender, where disability matters, at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on voiceamerica.com. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Spender. 
And welcome back to the show. We have been talking to John Macko, the Interim Director at NTID, and just a wonderful person and a good friend. And I want to tell you that he and his family made a trip to Pittsburgh to the Bender Picnic this past year, which we were all so excited to have him visit us. And he and his whole family are just so wonderful. John, one thing I do want to talk to you about is independence. I've noticed through my career that there are people with disabilities, that this is an area that is sometimes lacking where, and it's often, you know, due to the family that that this happens. But I was wondering, at NTID, um, do you do work to encourage the students to be more independent? Oh, definitely. We want our students to be independent. And one of the best ways for for our students to be independent is the the co-op program. It's where the students are required to work for at least 10 weeks, depending on what the major is. Like, for example, if you're going for your BS degree in engineering, you're required to do five co-op. Each co-op equals 10 weeks. So they have to work a total of 50 weeks. So from my experience, when students go on a co-op and when they come back to school, they become a better individual. They become a better student. They become more motivated. They want to be successful. They know what it takes to be successful. And that's the key. And that's why Intiety is so successful, because our students are required to do a co-op. And I'm sure your, your company is successful because our students have outstanding work experience, especially the co-op experience. Yes, and I'll tell you what. I love this about NTID, this co-op program they're talking about. This really prepares the student for employment. I mean, you know, that internship or co-op program helps so much. Um, and, you know, the reason I said that about being independent is that you have to be able to make it on your own. And when you go out into the workforce, you know, again, it's different. You're going out. You're with all hearing people. You've got to make it. But I'm really glad that NTI does that because I do think that that helps the student so much, you know, to be more independent, John. Exactly. um, One question we have here from uh, Harrisburg from an Anthony is, John, how do you handle, if you're talking to your child who is deaf and they feel they should not have to learn English, because ASL is their language. How do you deal with that? Um, Good question. It's important that that we provide as much resources as we can. For example, if you want your child to learn sign language, that's fine. But it's also important that your child learn how to read and write well. Because if you can't read right well, you're not going to go very far, especially in the working, in the business world. So I don't have a problem with a child learning sign language. That's not a problem. The problem I have is people do not spend enough time reading and writing because without having good communication skills, you're not going to survive. Yeah, and... Um I agree with with, uh, what John has said. You know, people have asked me that question before, and what I would say about that is this. If tomorrow, you know, it's not that you're doing this 
for hearing people because uh, you're not. You're doing it for yourself to have employment. If tomorrow I went to China and tried to open a company, I would go bankrupt because I do not speak Chinese. So once again, it's not about not learning ASL. It's about adding English so you can be employed. Don't you agree with that, John? I, I agree with you totally, Joyce. So, John, what would you say now that you've been doing this work at NTID? What is your greatest accomplishment? What are you proudest of? Um, working with my staff and the faculty to develop a relationship with Kodak, IBM, the Army, J.B. Morgan Chase, and, of course, Bender Consultant Services. These, these are the companies that gave my student an opportunity to be successful in the working world because without them, my student would not be successful. Even though it took, it took a couple of years to build the relationship, so I am very grateful that I have good people to work with and they're dedicated and they would do anything to make our student be successful. Well, that is wonderful. And you do. You have a great team there. You really do. You have a great team of people and great teachers. And, John, do, when do you have that coming up? The um, Don't you have that uh, job fair coming up soon? Yes, we do. We have it. It's coming on Tuesday, October 23rd from 1.30 to 5. We would love to have you to come. So if someone wants to attend that, what do they do? Well, they, would need, they can register online. And let me give you the address. It's www.rit.edu slash NTID slash C-O-O-P-S slash jobs. Now, you're going to see a button where it says register for the NTID job fair. We're having our seventh annual and I'm proud to tell you that the first time we had it seven years ago, we had a total of 17 employers. Now we're going to have between 35 to 40 employers who are who want to recruit deaf and hard of hearing students only. Mm-hmm. And this is a great place for the for the employer to meet our students and the faculty and learn more about the technical programs that we have here. That's wonderful, and I love it. I know I've been to this event, and I would strongly encourage you to go to this event. Once again, another great way to see what NTID has to offer and see what the school has to offer. It is a tremendous event, very worth going to. Um, one more time, John, with that quote, that uh, website. Okay, it's www.rit. Edu slash n t i d slash c o o p s slash j o b s. And there you have it. And once again, remember: if you know anyone who is deaf or has a child who is deaf that you think would be interested in hearing this show again, it will be on VoiceAmerica.com and on BenderConsult.com within a few days. Also, the captioning will be posted to the site so that anyone from the deaf community can read it so you know every show is real-time captioned for the deaf community as we go along. So, John, what is your message you want to leave today with our listeners? 
I want the listener to know that if you know anybody who's deaf and hard of hearing, especially the young individual between ages 4 to 18, I want you to encourage and challenge them to improve their communication skill. I want you to that, um, I want you to encourage them to read books, as many books as possible. I want you to encourage them to improve their writing skill. Once you have those skills, they're going to be successful no matter where they go, no matter what they do for the rest of their lives. If you can do that, you will make my day. Well, we want to make your day, so you make sure you listen to those words from John Macko and that great advice. Once again, our guest today was Mr. John Macko, Interim Director at the National Technical Institute for the Deaf Center on Employment, NTID, part of Rochester Institute of Technology. John, thank you so much, not only for being on the show today, but for your leadership in the United States and for your great work in the deaf community. Thank you, Joyce. It was a pleasure talking with you. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show. And as always, we want to end the show with a quote from a great leader, either in civil rights or the disability community. And today that quote would be from none other than Miss Helen Keller, who said, self-pity is our worst enemy. And if we yield to it, we can never do anything good in the world. And isn't that so true? This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters, on voiceamerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.